Hello everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Best Scott Beat. That is the Expressing Stars, Warsaw, Saddlers podcast. My name is Luke Hatfield and I am joined by a man every Warsaw fan knows and loves. A man who t- recently turned 21, Joe Massey. You spoke so slowly through that intro. I have to calm myself down. Is that for I'm emphasis? so I'm so excited about starting this podcast. I have to have to calm myself down. Jen. It is exciting. I'm really pleased to have this podcast. Um, finally caught up with the other teams, haven't we? We've got a Warsaw podcast. Yeah, I feel nervous today. It's a bit odd. It feels uh, it's different, isn't it? You don't it's need like to it. be nervous, mate. You don't need to be nervous. It'll it's, be all it's, right. It's, it's not like I'm going to be uh, quizzing you 24/7. You, I'm, you, you're, you're the Warsaw know-it-all around here, mate. So no, this will be this will be easy for you. This will be you know just like having a chat. It'll be all right, isn't it? I hope so. Just me today, but I am hoping over the next couple of editions we might have a few special guests. Oh, are you willing, are you willing to uh, give no, us a clue? No, we're not just yet, but experienced saddlers' heads, let's say that. Fingers crossed along the way, but oh. just me today for the first one, me and you. Oh, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any other way, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is going to be a fortnightly podcast coming from the Express and Star team here. Um, myself. Nathan Judah may, may may well be involved. He's made a couple trips with Warsaw recently. He's got the Saddler's bug, he has. Nathan. He has, yeah. yeah. He's loving it, absolutely loving it. Yeah, not quite too hard to uh, come and appear on the first podcast. He's, he's off today, but no, it'll be a fortnightly podcast for Warsaw fans to uh, tune into. Make sure you submit your questions uh, to myself, Joe, Nathan. Uh, we do have an email address as well, which we will reveal at the end of the show, so you can feel free to email any questions or comments to that. Keep them clean if you can. <laughs> But let's talk first about birthday boy, Joe Massey. It's a big deal, my birthday. It's been made quite... Uh, I only mentioned it in passing on one video and everyone's gone mental for it. can't escape this, mate. You can't escape your birthday, can you? Oh, oh. I saw the video. Apparently, there's a nice little cake. Yeah, lovely. Some yeah. party nice poppers. Nice touch that was from Nathan. Yeah, and you've got none of it here, mate. I mean, no, you've not pulled out any stops, have you? No, I mean, I'm not, okay. made, of, I'm not made of money. Right. <laughs> Come on. Do me a favour. But no, how, how old are you, Joe, really? 21? 33, mate. 33? Yeah. You don't look it. Mm, I do. Do you feel it? I do, mate. I feel old. <laughs> I feel okay. old. <laughs> right, come on, let's talk some football. Let's, let's talk some football. Let's talk some football. First thing we're going to go is we're going to do a Walsall walkthrough. Because okay, nice. the season started a little while ago now. It seems, it seems like it started ages ago, but it's a couple of weeks old now. We're going to go through... Some of the Warsaw games which uh, took place earlier on. And yeah. then I'm um, going to get your thoughts on some of them. And then before that, we'll, well, after that, sorry, we'll obviously talk about the, the big one which happened uh, most recently. So let's start. Let's start. The opener, Warsaw 2, Plymouth 1. Joe, I'm not going to lie. Over the summer, I was a little bit worried for Warsaw and I was a little bit worried for their opening game. But I'll tell you what, they've come out and they've, they've had a great start. Yeah, massive. I think we were all a little bit worried, if we're being honest, going into that opening day. I mean, I said it before, it, the day before that Friday was like our own sort of mini transfer deadline day, wasn't it? So mm. We needed players in. I mean, the big one, I suppose, really, that had to come in was Jack Fitzwater at the time. That was um, absolutely crucially was signed. I've won centre-back before that game, but mm. Morgan Ferrier, the man is Morgan Ferrier, also came in as well. We didn't know a lot about him back then. Kane Wilson as well joined Jack Fitzwater on loan from Albion. And it's fair to say, 24 hours before that Plymouth game needed numbers. We needed players. The squad was light. There was, as we said, there was one centre-back. I thought you were going to sue up. Everyone was sort of, yeah, everyone was dusting down the boots, weren't they? Because I think Fort Dean Keats might be back in the team at one rate. But yeah, I mean, and 
it was it was amazing really like, amazing opening day amazing 24 hours those players arrived and Walsall were fantastic against Plymouth, against the Plymouth side who last season finished so strongly. I mean, that's the second half of the season they enjoyed was remarkable, really. I think they were they were below Walsall in the table when they met on New Year's Day. Yeah. Um, and then they beat Walsall, and from there they just rocketed up the table. They were in the playoffs for a couple of weeks to go. I think eventually they finished seventh. Um, may have been eighth, seventh or eighth off the top of my head. But I mean, their second half of the season was absolutely phenomenal. So they had a lot of confidence to take into that game. They had a bit of momentum despite the summer break. Yeah. Walsall were by far the better team. The new front two of Cook and Ferrier, we saw on straight away just yeah. what a promising partnership they are. I mean, they're just, I mean, they're two fantastic players, I think, but they're just so well balanced. They're just play off each other perfectly yeah complement each other really complement well. each other that's the word I'm looking for isn't it complement each other and yeah absolutely fantastic 2-1 win and thoroughly deserved and it's just sort of spiralled from there really things have just got better and better and better yeah well I mean it's always great to make a statement that opening day isn't it especially you know if, I mean if, if you're at home yeah you want to win your home games I mean you want every game of course you do but there's nothing like the first day of the season is there I mean everyone loves it and do you know what it was it was a it was a difficult summer for Walsall fans. Um, it was a difficult summer for Dean Keats. He said multiple times that yeah, he had targets, he missed out on targets. Um, luckily, he had this long list of players he wanted and he got them through in the end. But fans were anxious and no one should have that before the start of the season because mm. anything can happen, especially in League One. We've seen time and time and time again teams... that Every year there's a couple of teams that do well that no one, no one predicts them to do well. So every yep. fan, I mean... like people work hard all week they deserve to be able to go and have a bit of hope on Saturday when they go and watch the football team and on the opening day that's just tenfold because anything can happen and yeah it couldn't, couldn't have started any better really yeah it couldn't have obviously a tough opponent in the next the next game Scunthorpe away well on point though yeah well on point um, so Scunthorpe in hindsight that's a very well Looking at it after the game, Walsall battered Scunthorpe. They should have they should have won by hatful. Not four one five one wouldn't have flattered Walsall on the day. Um, they were absolutely electric, and it just picked up from Plymouth. I mean, it was just a, it, was, it was breathtaking to watch. I mean, the chances they created, the, the movement is just the movement and pace. That's the big difference this season. Mm. Touched on Ferrier, but. His movement, I mean, he's just an absolute nightmare to play against. And then th- this thing with Zelia Smell and Josh Ginelli on the wings, I mean, they're both so tri- tricky. They're, they both complement each other again. Ginelli's delivery compared to Ismail's sort of direct running and ability to go past people. But the pace they go forward at. And we saw all this, this exciting attacking football, we saw all this again at Scunthorpe. Um, it was even more convincing than the Plymouth game. Yeah. In the end, had to settle for a point. I mean, it was remarkable, the chances. I mean, one in particular, Andy Cook had it against the underside of the bar and it sort of fell for Ferrier and he, he fired wide. Yeah. But there was a, there was numerous other opportunities Walsall should have scored. But, I mean, look, everyone was sort of came away overjoyed. It was Scunthorpe. They finished sixth last season. Walsall were fantastic on the day. It was a good point. I think all points on the road are good. But, I mean, you look at Scunthorpe that day and I, you were watching them and I was thinking, these are dreadful. These are a yeah. poor side. Um, and results since then have gone on to confound that, really. They have mm. not done well at all. They were absolutely tonked by Sunderland yesterday. Obviously, Sunderland are a good team. But, yeah, they look... I'd be worried already. Yeah. I mean, it's very early days in the season, but I'd be worried if I supported the IN. I think they're in trouble. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a good away point. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a point on the road is probably a better way of putting it. I think Walsall probably should have won the game, really. Um but you can't be, you can't moan at that, can you? Just two games into the season. Yeah, that's it. They followed that up, of course, with a three-one away win at Tranmere. Great, 
great, obviously, to you know to get you get yourself going in the cup because, I mean, even even the most optimistic of Walsall fans won't be expecting Walsall to to head to Wembley and win some of these cups which they're playing in. But it's still great to have a run like that, isn't it? Well, I think the big thing with that that cup win was Dean Keats has. He, he keeps saying that he wants to build a team that fans can be proud of. He wants to build a team that Walsall can be proud of as a town. They hadn't had a cup win. Well, if you discount a Checker Trade trophy, Walsall hadn't had a cup win since January 2016. Yeah. It had been a long, long time. And, and cup runs make a difference. They do make a difference. People love to see it. People want to see their, their team do well in the cup. They want a cup upset, don't they? Yeah. And Walsall notoriously over the years have been a team capable of pulling off a big cup upset. They've done it countless times in the past. The last couple of years it went flat. It didn't happen. Um, for, they got knocked out of the FA Cup and League Cup um, first round a couple of years running. So that was disappointing. It was really, really disappointing. And I think when Dean Keats went to sort of fan focus meetings and met fans, they one of the things that kept coming up was, can we have a cup run? Can we have a can we go for it in the cups? Yeah. Because um, it is what supporters want. Of course, the league is the ultimate priority, but you can have both. You absolutely can have both. Um, and so Keats went strong at Tranmere. He made a couple of changes, but not many. I think Chris Dunn came in in goal for his first first Sutherland's appearance. Kane Wilson came in as well. Uh, right back but other than that it was by and large um, his, his strongest strongest 11 Liam Kinsella played in central midfield had to give Isaiah Osborne a rest but went strong and and it was similar to Scunthorpe and Plymouth again I mean Walsall were the superior team on the day they won 3-1 Ferrier got off the mark he got his first goal um, and again it's just this momentum it's momentum 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 in football absolutely massive you win games it snowballs you lose games it snowballs mm. it's easy to get into a habit good or bad in football Keats really big on that momentum went for a strong team his team Tranmere were bright for like the first half an hour say yeah. but also sort of ruthlessly put them to the sword really their quality showed in the end and never never great result yeah it's, it's great to see that and you did say it's possible to have a good league run and of course a good cup run do Walsall have a squad big enough to be, you know, I mean, we were talking before the season and we'll talk about it, you know, some of the injury problems which struck as well, but the team photo was a bit bare, to, to say the yeah. least. Is is the squad big enough to really handle a cup run as well? Because if you get if you get some of these extra games, and I mean, you've already got a lot of games in League One anyway, if you pick up a couple of injuries, a couple of suspensions, suddenly, you know, you're looking, you're looking for kids, aren't you? You are. I mean, the squad will be one issue, um, but the bottom line is, Walsall haven't got a budget to carry players. They're yeah. always going to they're always going to operate on a squad that's that's small on numbers. I mean, there. I mean, they are, there are options there now. I mean, you look mm. at the bench today, as it would stand. It's it's a strong bench. Um, I mean, we've got Josh Gordon up front. He's, I mean, he's not really had much of a kick yet, which is understandable the way Cook and Ferrier have started. But yeah. he looks a really, really exciting player. He looks a real prospect. I know Dean Keats is really excited to have him. So up front, there's an option if something was to happen to Cook or Ferrier. In midfield, there are options. I mean, Joe Edwards isn't back yet from injury, so he doesn't come back. We don't know when he's going to come back, and whether it's going to be December or January. But yeah. I mean, what he was player of the season last year, and he's not even involved at the minute. So there's a player there to come in... Um, Offers, I mean, when he can come back, that really bolsters the squad, really. Liam Kinsella can play in multiple positions. I think Keats has tried, with the players he signed, he spoke about this in the summer, he's tried to sign players who aren't injury-prone. Yeah. Um, 
you can have a smaller squad if you've got a majority of players who you know are going to play 40 games a season. And you can, you can unfortunately, look back at a player's history and see the likelihood of them hitting that milestone, if you mm. like. I mean, look, there's injuries you can't, you can't prevent. Corey Roberts on the opening day, no one can do anything about that. He's broken his leg. It's a, it's a collision. It's happened. It's, but Keynes often talks about soft tissue injuries, things like that. And... You, they, they can be prevented they're things yeah. that are being managed by Keats and, and, it, and his staff but I mean I suppose I mean it's a bit of an extreme example but one example is, is Flo Cavellier who all Walsall fans know was such a talented player but he, for some reason or another the lad just can't stay fit I mean for a whole host of different reasons it's yeah. not it's not one problem with Flo, with Flo. Um, he, he tends to pick up and he tends to maybe play eight games in a row maximum and then break down yeah. um, I mean there's nothing Walsall fans would like more than for Flo Cavellier to have a successful career but if you he was let go in the summer yeah. and you'd imagine one of the reasons why he was let go was because Dean Keats with the size of squad he is going to have to have he can't really afford to carry a player like Flo mm. who there's a real chance could miss 20 games a season for injury yeah another good point regarding the cup of course and as you, you mentioned Walsall's budget Cup runs, they inevitably bring cash with them, which is obviously you know a big bonus for Walsall as well. Well, massive, yeah, absolutely massive. Um, and it looks like they have loosened the purse strings a little bit. We're not, yeah. not. Um, we don't, don't know if there's anything that's gone on behind the scenes with that or not. But the 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 thing for a long time has been any money received, fifty percent goes into the into the wage or can be spent by the manager on wages, transfer fees, whatever. Mm-hmm. The other fifty percent goes into the infrastructure of the club. Since I started covering them. It began to be mooted. Could that change? Fans yeah. started asking that question. Could that change? Could that just to give the manager a little bit more of a fighting chance? I honestly don't know if that has changed. Um, but there has been. I mean, w- Walsall didn't pay fees for players. They didn't. Yeah. And this summer they signed two for fees uh, in Josh Gordon and Morgan Ferry. Morgan Ferry, thirty-five grand. Um, I mean, an absolute steal. They paid his buyout clause. Josh Gordon was more than Ferrier, is my understanding. I genuinely don't know how much he was, um, mm. but I think we're maybe approaching the 100,000 mark. I'm not 100%, but it was more than Ferrier. Um, so they have um, spent more money this summer. Yeah, and and any any fees they got for play, any cut run, sorry, would, would generate more cash. I mean, this, yeah, it'd be absolutely huge. That's such one, it's such a big thing for Walsall, that gates and money received. Yeah. If they could just because the, the attendance is around four thousand a week, if they could just put a couple of thousand on that on those gates, it would be absolutely massive for the club. Yeah. It really would be in terms of the manager's budget every year. So yeah, cut runs are a way. If that isn't going to happen, cut runs are a massive way to bring in some cash that, let's be honest, isn't budgeted for. Yeah, you can't go into a season budgeting to get to the fourth round of the FA Cup and that's it. Like the, the big wigs aren't going to do that because you can't afford to risk it, can you? You can't say, well, I think we'll get there. And then if you don't, you're suddenly in a really sticky situation, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. So if you do well in the cut, it's a bonus, isn't it? It's a bonus. Yeah. And now in the League Cup, also have got Macclesfield. Um, you'd expect them to win that game. Yeah. Um, and then it is the next round where the real big boys come in. I mean, the, the draw for the second round, I think there was eight Premier There was a vast majority of Premier League clubs, yeah. um, but not, not the eight that are in Europe or seven or eight that are in Europe, not the top eight. So mm. if they beat Macclesfield, they'll be in, in the hat with... Man United potentially or something like that and if they could come to Best Scott that would be incredible yeah it certainly would be fun I think you'd get a lot of people going for that one wouldn't you Walsall took on Gillingham of course after that 2-1 win another great result yeah um, something about that game I'll never forget which gives me so much hope for this season 
was how the players walked off at the full-time whistle, head down. Mm. They'd won the game 2-1, and they were head down. And the reason why was because they conceded 20 seconds before the end. I mean, dreadful, dreadful refereeing um, on Saturday. Three minutes added added on time. The referee played four and a half. Uh, Where did he pull that from? Uh, Trevor Kettle, I mean, what can you say? I mean, I, I, just on referees. Have you seen this, the Shrewsbury Town decision? I know I know this is a Warsaw podcast. Have you seen the Shrewsbury Town decision the other day? No, I'm not seeing Oh, the penalty. The I, penalty. Oh, yeah, Stonewaller. I could yeah. not believe it. Yeah. Some of the refereeing. It's all right, I mean, Shrewsbury. We can live with it against Yeah, we can live with it against Shrewsbury. But, I mean, if that happens to Warsaw, Dean Keats... He'd probably go over there and lamp the bloke. <laughs> I mean, the standard. I don't I hate saying it because for, you just don't want to say it, but um, um, our deputy editor here, Diane Davis, her son's a referee. She doesn't like referee criticism, but the standard of refereeing in League One is atrocious. And it's, it's the only thing that's got... It, from the start of the season, you can see straight away it has not improved. Yeah. What I would say is, I'm not one for referees. I never know who they are. Every time... Anything happens involving a ref in the game, I have to look on the team sheet to see what, what the name is. Yeah. I wouldn't know any of them if they walked past me in the street, with the exception of Trevor Kettle, who was <laughs> the referee on Saturday. I just, ah, the decisions he makes, you just shake your head in disbelief time and time and time again. Um, but yeah, so, and he played this um, extra time, added, added on time on Saturday. Walsall conceded 20 seconds before the end. They were thoroughly, thoroughly deserved their win and thoroughly deserved their clean sheet. Yeah. Uh, Tom Eaves, a really important player for Gillingham he's come on leaps and bounds over the years he was he was at Shrewsbury at a stage and he's just he's a big big target man he's like a league one Andy Carroll if you like Yeah. struggled for goals throughout his career apart from last season when I think he got 18 off the top of my head or he did well um, he caught fire and he, he's followed that up this season um, he got a couple in one of their first games against somebody and then he scored 20 seconds before the end mm. um, against Gillingham but yeah it was that Walsall won the game. Players came off disappointed. They were really, really disappointed. Didn't get that clean sheet. And they've got it's a buzzword at the minute because Dean Keats likes to use it, but it's the perfect word. It's hunger, mm. and they are so hungry at the minute. Um, this team, they've just got a hunger that I've not seen. I've not seen before, and they're, they're just desperate to keep the ball out the back of that. I mean, we'll touch on Wimbledon later, but they are throwing their bodies on the line. It's 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 twofold defending, if you like, because. Keats has got them so organised. They're playing the four-four-two. Yeah. Then everyone knows the jobs. Everyone knows what they have to do. They keep their shape really well. They're hard to break down. Plymouth found found that on the opening day. They they had a lot of, of the ball sort of 30, 35 yards from goal. Plymouth and at times they were literally just going side to side. They weren't. They just couldn't go through Walsall's lines. So they've got that element to them, which is absolutely fantastic. But they've also got this element where they are throwing their bodies on the line to keep the ball out. Mm. There's just something in this team now where they are giving absolutely everything. Um, and they showed that against Gillingham. They showed it even more at Wimbledon, which was an incredible game of football. Um, but those two things are just, yeah, it's abso- absolutely fantastic. So how has that been embedded in a squad of, of these players? Is this something that Dean Keats has obviously worked on over the summer? He's obviously had his first pre-season with them. But, I mean, on the whole, like the difference from John Whitney and the end of last season, because Dean Keats did inherit a bit of a mess, to be fair. Yes. And it, now, yeah. the, it's almost like an, an entire mentality shift, not just, not just players coming in and players leaving. This is a whole mentality shift. It's really, it's really difficult to know what he's done. I mean, if we knew the answer, then I think we'd all be managers, wouldn't we? I mean, and it's, it's getting to the stage now where, look, Walsall were dreadful last season. If we're talking facts... Walsall were poor last season. Yeah. The first five games of this season, they've been excellent. That does coincide and end with John Whitney and his tenure and stuff. And John Whitney's a smashing bloke, so it's difficult. You don't don't want to get into it too much. But I think, but Keats, what he's what he's done is 
well, it's remarkable, really. He has transformed this side. He's done an absolutely fantastic job. I don't. I, you get snippets. You hear things from interviews and bits and bobs how he's done it. I'd love to know how he has done it. It's this winning mentality. It's this mm. hunger, like like um like I said earlier. I mean, the hunger with the strikers. He's, he's, he's almost bought it, if you like, yeah. because Cook and Ferrier, that's their character, that's their makeup. Um, they are just hungry players who want to prove a point. But at the back, he is working with the same back four. Uh, and all I've got is, for insight, and is that he makes training very, very, very competitive and he mm. punishes people if they lose. So I think there was, I don't, I don't think this happened in this season, but I think there was one or two bizarre instances last season where. Yeah. If a, if they were playing a six aside or whatever in training, the one team lost, they'd have to dive in a puddle or something, bits and bobs <laughs> like that. But as, as this season, they just have to pick up the bibs and pick up all the cones and put everything away if they lose. But yeah. Keats is punishing players for losing in training. He's making it clear that the only thing that matters is winning. It's all about winning, um, and I think that's what Keats was like as a player. And that winning mentality, his desire to win, is starting to rub off on Walsall's players mm. um, and, they are, and I think that is seeing them over the line yeah and that desire to win you were talking about was no more visible than in the 3-1 win which we've just had against Wimbledon away at Wimbledon amazing game of football truly bizarre and probably the most interesting in terms of Walsall have won in a different way yeah all the four games prior to that they've been the better team played the better football created more chances and thoroughly deserved to win the game Wimbledon it's a difficult one how you say who deserved it because in a way both teams deserved it bizarrely enough Wimbledon start. Well, let's say Walsall started well yeah first 20 minutes they picked up where they left off carried on like they had been scored a sensational goal through Kieran Morris he hit an absolute thunderbolt not entirely sure what the keeper was doing no, but I mean he's, he's hit it well he's, he's hit it well and I mean I've played in goal Sunday league level and if I'd let that in, I'd be a bit disappointed. Would you? Yeah, but that's dip and swerve, yeah. Yeah, because even though it's it's got the dip and swerve, it's got the swaz on it, it's moving swaz. a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of swaz, come on. It's hard to deal with, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've never played against someone of Kieran Morris's level, so I can't put myself in the goalkeeper's boots per se. Yeah. But if it ends in the centre of the goal, I'm yeah. thinking I've, I've let myself down. I've let myself down here. Yeah. But no, take done. nothing away from the strike. Phenomenal strike from Kieran Morris, but you'd want it in the corner. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, the keeper will look back and be disappointed. I'm sure about that. Um, but yeah, it also started well. Then, then they. I mean, as Dean Keith said, they were battered for the next 25 minutes. Yeah. Wimbledon came on so strong, and and it was the first 20 minutes. Ferrier and Cook were really involved, and then they were just bypassed really because there was so much pressure um, on the defence. But also held firm. Um, for 25 minutes I mean it was an onslaught it was it was an onslaught to half time how they didn't concede was remarkable really but they didn't for a variety of reasons one because they were because of their quality I mean yeah. Luke Leahy and John Guffrey in particular won a series of headers I mean one I can remember from Leahy at the back post he was under so much pressure I mean it was a fantastic header from him Fitzwater is so composed I just think for his age, it's absolutely remarkable. Are you surprised that West Brom and go on loan again? Well, considering they've dropped down into the Championship as well, you think Championship good opportunity for him? Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised. I thought I am surprised, but he he was fourth. We've spoken to him about this. He was fourth choice there. He would be if he was there today. He would be fourth choice. Yeah. Um, and he's in an interview with us. He said that basically him and Darren Moore sat down and he was given the option. Mm. He can stay and be fourth choice. Um, and play games here and there 
um, or he can go out on loan and play every week hopefully at Walsall yeah. and he chose to play every week at Walsall and the reason for that was because he's had so many loan moves in his career I think he had, I think he'd been, he'd been to Hensford yeah. he'd been to Chesterfield he actually started last season at Forest Green Rovers mm-hmm. um, in League 2 um, he always talks about ticking boxes Jack Fitzwater he said he ticked that box of League 2 um, when he was with Forest Green came to Walsall for the second half of last season he wasn't supposed to be in the first eleven. Yeah. Um, he was going to be back up there, but he got in and was superb and kept his place all the way through. So what I like is that Jack wanted to go out on loan. He could have yeah. been fourth choice at Albion and he could have been on the bench, but he's probably not going to get past Hagazi, Dawson and who's, who's the other lad? Oh, well, they've got Bartley. Bartley, yeah. And then, and then of course, they brought in Tosin and Adorabayo, but it's one, that's one of them where you think, oh, they're letting him go, so they'll bring him in. Yeah, maybe, yes. But he Basically, he would, have been, he would have been a cup player, you'd imagine. A cup player maybe would have played with injuries and suspensions, wouldn't he? So, but he, know, he, he knows the benefit of playing football, Jack yeah. Fitzwater. He's come on leaps and bounds because he's played football. So, yeah, so that's why he came out on loan. There's, there was times against Wimbledon where he just, he just doesn't dive in. He just stands mm. his man, stands his man, stands his man, waits and wins the ball. Um, and I think, I mean, that's utterly priceless, really. You see defenders diving in all the time, and he, yeah, he just yeah. doesn't do that. Um, and Nicky Devlin as well, right back. I mean, he he is he put in some fantastic tackles at Wimbledon, and his pace is massive for this defence. He is so quick. He's almost like a little insurance policy mm. um, at the back. I mean, especially when, when Walsall are attacking. If they have a corner or a free kick high up the pitch, Walsall, they can leave Nicky Devlin back on his own, yeah. knowing that if anyone gets a run on them, he's going to be... He's, he's going to be there to stop it so yeah. absolutely fantastic but yeah I mean backs to the wall Walsall were at Wimbledon completely backs to the wall they had to dig in deep really really deep win headers make blocks win tackles throw their bodies on the line they did it they were gifted two goals I mean they were gifted two goals pretty spectacular it's spectacularly bad some of, some of them <laughs> yeah mean, both of them really from yeah. AFC Wimbledon I mean the one he's, he's played a back pass and he's just the keeper's gone walkies hasn't he yeah, I mean, I, I, I did a video with Nathan after the game, and I genuinely, I, I didn't see it, um, because there was just nothing on. There was nothing, so you'd never think... You're it's, on de- one, it's one of them where you can afford to look away. You can look it? away. I mean, it's a night game on a deadline, so for people who don't know, I have to get a match report in by sort of 10 o'clock, and then a, a story with Dean Keats to the, to the desk here by 10.30, so it can make tomorrow's paper and be printed. So when you get an opportunity to look away from the game, you take it, because mm. I'm, I'm up against it time-wise, and... A throw in 30 yards into Wimbledon's half you just think well nothing can happen here yeah um, and then yeah he's the lad Seabick has thrown it into it to Will Nightingale who's passed it back to his keeper who's not in his goal <laughs> um, it's just absolutely I mean I saw the ball cross the line I then saw Ferrier celebrate I thought maybe he produced a bit of magic or something I wasn't sure what had gone on yeah but no I've since seen it and yeah it turns out that He's just had a bizarre moment. It's a bit Peter Enkelman-esque. Remember that? From oh, yeah, I don't yeah. need reminding of that, mate. Years ago. Me. Uh, as you can tell, I'm probably a, I'm a Villa fan, and uh, that's a memory which I do not like to relive. Yeah. Even though it should never have been given because he doesn't touch the ball and it's come from a throw-in. Can't score direct from a throw-in. Oh, yeah. But they gave it because of his reaction, didn't they? Looked... Even if it's your own throw? Though. Yeah, yeah, even if it's your own throw, can't score direct from a, a throw-in, mate. Oh, that's good knowledge. Good, yeah, well, I mean, knowledge. as a Villa fan, you need to know that because every time a Blues <laughs> fan comes up, Peter Inkleman, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. mate, shouldn't have it. It's good knowledge, yeah, like it. Yeah, but I mean, you described the win as warrior-like. Warrior-like, that was my word. Yeah, I got no. a bit of stick for that in the office. Warrior-like, I think that's a good word. Is that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's a good way to describe it because they were throwing 
the kitchen sink at Walsall at points. Yeah, they were, yeah. And Walsall were throwing everything back at them just to try and block, like, get just blocked. Keep them at bay, yeah. Anything to stop them. And I tell you what, that's another sign of the mentality which Dean Keats has really implemented, isn't it? Yeah, and Keats made a really important point, actually, after that game. Look, it was the Alamo, it was an onslaught, it was all Wimbledon at times, but Liam Roberts hasn't made a save. Yeah. His handling was impeccable, should, should point that out. I mean, he's... He's had a really good start to the season, really. He looked nervous a bit, Plymouth, for his kicking, but his handling has been fantastic. He's claiming mm. crosses. Um, he's relieving pressure that way. But in terms of an actual save, he hasn't had a save to make. And that is despite Wimbledon having all this possession looking so dangerous. Um, and that is that was because of that shape, really. Mm. It was because of the way it was, they're, they're organised and because they can dig in. And it's amazing, really, to think they were battered, but Liam Roberts hasn't really been called into action. Yeah, it's massive having a goalkeeper who's able to do that as well, because Liam Roberts really has emerged as such a, such a good young talent. But as a defender, I imagine it's an absolute dream if you've got someone like him behind you, who you know, is if he's coming for the ball, he's getting it, or he's getting it out of the penalty area. He's not going to be one where he's ending up you know, bobbling around or he's going to drop it. It's just a massive thing for Walsall, isn't it? Yeah, well? massive, massive. He had one shaky moment at Wimbledon in the first half, but he's a young keeper and he's just... I mean, I just think he's full of promise and potential. I, do. I think he's going to be a really, really big player for Walsall in years to come. I think he's such a talented young keeper. And I think he's learned a lot probably from Neil Etheridge. Yeah, um, playing in the Premier League now as he's well. He's playing in the Premier League now. Saved a penalty, didn't he? Um, he saved two, hasn't he? He saved two, yeah, yeah, so far. He's done really well. But Etheridge... Yeah, when, when Efridge signed, he, he started a little bit slowly, actually. But then he developed into this keeper. I thought he was the best keeper in League One when he left. But he, he used to come for crosses that no one would come for and yeah. claim them. And he was absolutely fantastic at that when he left Warsaw. Um, and Liam Roberts is now getting to that stage, I think, where he, he, he's very, he is becoming more commanding. He's growing in stature. He's 23 years old. He's still a young lad. Um, but yeah, he's doing doing very, very well. He's a, he's a, he's a great last line of defence. Is it... A worry that he's doing so well. Could another big team, you know, see this and then you think, oh dear, is is it is it going to be another situation like Neil Etheridge's? I don't think so with Liam Roberts. Um, I'm not saying one day he won't move on, but I do think with Liam Roberts, he's very very grateful to be at. Well, he's he's a Walsall lad. Um, he's from the town. He's been at the club forever, and he's really really got his head screwed on. He's got a fantastic work ethic. I think he knows he, he needs to be playing. Yeah. Um, I genuinely expect him to be between the posts for a good few years. Yeah. Let's hope so because he's pretty decent between he's the decent, sticks, isn't he? Decent. All right, let's move on to some questions because we've got some questions coming in. It's our first episode, and we've had oh, is this countless, Twitter questions? Countless questions. Yeah, Twitter questions. Okay. From some from classics. the masses. Yeah, go on. First one comes from Kev YGA on Twitter. Kev Paddock, oh yeah. We, go. we no, know we well. know Kev. Well, Everyone knows we? yeah. Kev Paddock, yeah. Uh, He's well, a good lad. He asks if Walsall faced a certain side from Norfolk, and I'm assuming he means Suffolk. Here, he does mean Suffolk, yeah. In a playoff final, who would you be supporting? Now, Joe, do you want to detail the team you support? So I support I support Ipswich, but as it says in my Saddlers Twitter bio, I've been bitten by the Saddlers bug. Look, I mean. If I was in a, if you came up to me in a pub and you asked me who I supported and I turned around and told you I supported two teams, Ipswich you'd and Walsall, be laugh, you'd be I would out. expect you to walk away because that is wrong, isn't it? Yeah, you can't support two teams. You can't I mean, support I mean, two teams. I mean, you can teams. maybe get away with having a Premier League team and then a lower league team if you're lucky. Yeah, but it's still not great, is it? Yeah, I mean, I think for example, really... Sunderland now, you know, Sunderland are in League One. You can't support a Premier League team in Sunderland, can you? Because no. they were a Premier League team two seasons ago. You've got to nail your colours to the master, really, haven't you? You've got to be one team. Yeah. Um, so, 
if anyone wants to turn off or walk away or not talk to me in the future for saying I support two teams, then I understand that. But I do, I do like support two teams, really. I can't help it. I mean, I was, I've been an Ipswich fan my whole life, so you can't, I've been, it's 20 years I've been an Ipswich fan. You can't walk mm. away from that, can you? That's it. But, um, yeah, like I said, I've been well and truly bitten by a Sadler's bug. I do love them. I do absolutely love them. That's the thing about working this job, right? I've noticed this as well. I was, I've always been a Villa fan ever since a young age. It's not like my dad was into football. My dad wasn't really into. He, he got me to go to a game once because I said I liked the look of it. And then <laughs> after that, I was a Villa fan, right? Yeah. But it's very, it's only on occasion I get to cover a Villa game here. I cover a lot of West Brom games and Ooh, you think there's a little yeah. bit of hatred there. But I've never bought into that hatred, even the Villa Blues rivalry. I just see it as a, as a friendly rivalry, not some of the hatred which you see between fans sometimes. But I've gained a little bit of a soft spot for the likes of West Brom and Walsall and even like even Shrewsbury Town because yeah. we've you know, you been covering them a list. little bit. Do you know you didn't mention in that list? Wolves. Yeah, no one's got Rightly a soft spot. so, <laughs> rightly so. Literally no one's got a soft spot for Wolves. Yeah, no, Nathan Tudor does, but I, I've very rarely covered Wolves in terms of going to games. Mind you, I haven't been, haven't been to a Walsall game either, but I feel like I've grown a little bit of an affinity with these things, even though I'm a Villa fan. And it's one of them things which I think people don't realise when you take this job. Yeah, you're gonna get, you can't help it. I mean, look, I, I can't. If it, I have to, I will. Be, honestly, if it was another team, I don't think I'd feel the way I feel about Walsall. I do, I do genuinely love them. I, I think the club's fantastic. I love the fans. I mean, I'm gonna steal a line from Chris Marsh, but I do, I do think it's true. Like, um, if you if you grow up in and around Walsall, you can support Wolves, you can support Albion, you can support Villa, and no one's gonna say you don't support your hometown team. No one's gonna really be yeah. too critical of you. But people choose to support Walsall, even though they've got these massive teams on the doorstep. They are so passionate. They, the 4,000 fans they get every week, they live and breathe that club. They are. doesn't matter what happens at Walsall do, they will get around 4,000 fans in every week. Those people, come rain or shine, are going to be at the Banksy Stadium every other Saturday. I think they're, they're just absolutely fantastic. And it's just such a, um, a great club. The people in it, from the moment my first day meeting Dean Smith, who just greeted me with a massive smile on his face, to mm. that first season when... We're absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll always have. I mean, I'll always, Ipswich will always be like the team I grew up supporting. But the truth is, and the genuine truth is, if I ever leave this job, which I plan to be here for many years to come, but if I did, I'd probably buy. I would be buying a Walsall season ticket because I, just, oh. I can't help it, mate. I can't help it. I love them. But you've you've dodged the question quite well, so I'm going to pose it to you again. It's a playoff final. Ah oh, no! I thought I could dodge answering the question. No, I'm not letting you do that because you know. What's it? Oh, Mr. Paddock has asked yeah. this question. Ipswich versus Walsall. Playoff final. Yeah, you have to, to pick get one. to the prem. Yeah. Yeah, I love a season in the prem. Who who would you be sitting there cheering? I think it'd have to be Walsall, probably. Oh, the fans are gonna love that. Yeah. The Pete's are gonna love that. Just because you wouldn't, yeah, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Imagine. Yeah. Imagine that. Just want to get up to league to the championship, mate. That's what I want. But that, yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Mate, the start the started well. Never know. It might be a Walsall Ipswich playoff final next year, but yeah, know, Villa in the Prem, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> um, David Winters, his question: Would you rather meet ten duck-sized Andy? Oh, I Cooks love this question. Or one Andy Cook-sized duck down a darkened alley. Um, I think I've tweeted them this today I think he asked that question to the one pod beyond lot who they, they do a Walsall podcast every month which is absolutely fantastic um, yeah we're not going to be we, 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 we want to big up these other podcasts as well because some of the work they do especially 
people who do it and they're not in a job like us where we're in the fortunate position to be paid to do this. Yeah, Some of these yeah. people, they you know, they work a nine to five and then they're doing this stuff. Yeah, as that's well, what you know. these lads are doing. Yeah, incredibly they're great. dedicated. Yeah, oh, they're fantastic. And like, I mean, Walsall did need a podcast, and I've listened to it. I haven't missed an episode really for the last three or four years. One pod beyond, it's absolutely fantastic. Are you a so. regular talking point? Uh, no, no, I think I should come up more often. Really, maybe I'll get a shout out now. <laughs> now I've given them a shout out on ours. But uh, what's it? So ten duck sized Andy, Andy Cooks or one. Andy Cook-sized duck. Now, the, the issue is here, Andy Cook is a big bloke. Yeah, he is a big bloke, yeah. I think I'd take the duck-sized ones. Would you? I ten ducks? Ten of them, but like ducks aren't that big. I mean, you know, what's the worst they're going to be? They're, they're nipping at your ankles, aren't they? You can kick them. <laughs> yeah, but they'd have, they'd have that, that vicious Andy Cook side. They could, they could, yeah, they, they could gang up on you, couldn't they? I think they'd get you with like 100 packs. You'd be like killed by 100 packs, I reckon. Like I'm that. taking one big, one big duck. Yeah, like that. Like you ever watch uh, Jurassic Park when all the little dinosaurs take on that like Russian bloke? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're talking. And you get to overrun. Yeah, that's what you're talking. I'm just gonna, yeah. I'll take the the big duck and try and run. Okay. Outrun it. Well, we're we're split on this one. So if you've got if you've got the answer, then feel free to give it to us, guys. Richard Wilford. Now this is a very interesting question. Do you think you should bring a cake for your media colleagues when covering the settlers on your birthday? Joe, you telling me you went to a game after your birthday, didn't bring cake? This is the thing that baffles me. I did buy cakes for my office, I would like to add. I didn't get any of this. Did you not? You, might no. be, you mustn't have been here. I mean, I wouldn't have eaten it, but... I think this is wrong. I think it's wrong that you have to buy cakes when it's your birthday. I agree with this. People should buy you cakes. I mean, I'm trying to give you a hard time, but I agree with you yeah. completely here. If Why should birthday, I be out of pocket for it being my birthday? Yeah. It's my birthday, you treat me. That's the way I see it. What, what's your go-to cake? I like chocolate cakes, I do. Chocolate sponge? Yeah. I'm a big fan of a brownie. Yeah, I love a brownie. Brownie and ice cream. Yes. Yeah. So there you go, Richard. Next time, maybe uh, you should buy... Buy me a cake, Richard. A massive cake. Yeah. There you go. Um, Jamie Simner. We have started well. But how does this team compare to the team who did so well in the 15-16 season? There's a question. That's a good question. That is a good question. Good question they have started incredibly strong. But that 15-16 team as well, I mean, they were pretty special. Mm. The 15-16 season, they had a lot to put out of as well with Dean Smith going, O'Driscoll coming in and him leaving and John Whitney taking over. Uh, it's, a really, it's impossible to answer. Is the, is the massively sitting on the fence... Um, answer is in four games five, four games into the league season um, they were sensational at 15-16 um, season so how they didn't go up still annoys me to this day they were so much better than Burton um, it was ridiculous they should have gone up that year the football they played was so much better than what Burton produced they just grinded it out every week mm. um, whereas Walsall were just I mean absolutely breathtaking at times uh, it's all about potential isn't it look that the different teams, the different. Walsall are playing. Re- Walsall are playing like good. Both teams play good football as it stands. The the, the start Walsall have made the season has been surprising. Their attacking football as it stands is a bit more aggressive. You'd have to say. I mean, it's yeah. brilliant to watch, but it's a bit more aggressive than what Dean Smith's style was. Dean Smith's style was a bit more. Was slower, yeah. a bit more patient. You've got a finesse about it as well. Maybe you? yeah, with Romain Sawyer's especially. Um, so the, the two different teams um, in terms of 
very positive teams, very pretty on the eye, but two very different ways of doing that. Mm. Um, could I think this team could potentially achieve what they didn't? Maybe not this year, um, this season, but could Dean Keats get this team up this year, next year, or the year after? If he had a three-year plan like Smith had, then absolutely. I mm. really think there's a chance he could. Um, so potentially this team could be better. I mean, but... There's still, a, there's still an awful long way to go. You look at that 15-16 team, and there are players in there that um, just were sensational. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rico Henry, um, for me, is just a superstar. He's been absolutely dogged by injury since he's gone to Brentford. But mm. the players, you'll always have players who you look forward to watching, who you'd pay to watch, you'd be happy to pay to watch. Well... Yeah, Aaron Ostuma was like that. Yeah, Romain Soares was like that. Tom Bradshaw, attacking players, that's great. Zeli Ismail's like it now, really. Yeah. Um, Ferrier's like it. But you expect that from attackers. I can remember going to watch Walsall Reserve games when Rico Henry was playing. I think I was excited to go and watch Rico Henry play at left-back. Yeah. Because that's how good he was. Um, and he's gone into the Championship. Tom Bradshaw, it looks today like he's going to stay in the Championship. He's going to get a move to Millwall. Yeah. He scored goals in the Championship. Romain Soares has been fantastic for Brentford. In the championship, Neil Etheridge is now a Premier League goalkeeper. Mm. Um, so you look at the players there, those individuals, and you would say they would probably get in this team. But but it'd be really harsh on the lads in this team because they're doing fantastically well. Yeah. And in a slightly different setting, they are well, they're electric. So let's just be happy we've got a good team, shall we? I think I think that's the best way to look at it and be hopeful that it's going to carry on and we're going to have another really successful season. It certainly is. Uh, credit as well to uh, at Deansy one three nine. He asked a very similar question. Uh, about that so it was a good question guys Tom Keane uh, he's touched on Bradshaw here he said what's the sell-on clause for Bradshaw believed to be don't know um, but if we you can take an educated guess at 20% that's normally the standard that's the standard it? yeah. that's just, it's been that for pretty much every Walsall player that's left recently um, however there was an issue with Barnsley um, they're very very secretive about these things they didn't want that information getting in the public domain it wasn't a Walsall issue this I know that for a fact mm. um, for some reason they when they signed Tom Bradshaw um, one of the clauses was that that information would not come in the public domain we can guess at 20% but honestly don't know the answer to it and, and it's Barnsley's fault why we don't know the answer because oh. these things normally come out in the wash really blooming um, tykes I mean, they're a strange club they're a strange club I was, I was up there the other week actually covering some pre-season football and I love the fact that the walls around the, gr- the ground they've not got razor wire on top you know what they've got Go smashed bottles <laughs> sticking out of the top of the walls I was looking around I was like dearie me this is I mean a bit old fashioned I would say yeah but no, um, actually had quite a good time there and have upgraded their press facilities as well, which is... Uh, oh, have Yeah, yeah, they've actually got plugs in the press office, the, the press uh, seats now, which is decent. Nice. Yeah, you can always do with a bit of a bit of juice when you're running a laptop, let's be honest. It's but, not the best place, though, is it? Barnsley. I mean, it's a long drive, and yeah. I, I mean, yeah. But, yeah, it was, it's fine, I guess. It's fine. I mean, I'm off to Borough tomorrow. I mean, that's not going to be fun either. It's a long drive. But we'll move on. Keith Thomas, he's asked... Three questions. Keith, Three. Keith, keep them coming, mate. These are some keep good questions coming. here. He okay. asks, with the former George Dobson and Isaiah Osborne, is it the end of the road for Adam Chambers? Um, is it the end of the road for Adam Chambers? No, it's not the end of the road for Adam Chambers. I think, being honest, we've all seen signs that Adam Chambers is starting to slow down. When you think of that 15-16 season, I mean, wow, what a player. Mm. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic, um, breaking things up in the middle of the park. Look, Adam Chambers... 
his Nelson experience means it's never going to be the end of the road for him um, yeah. while he's still playing. Um, but but he probably it's fair to say he is no longer one of the first names on the team sheet like he was a couple of years ago. And yeah. the reason for that is because George Dobson has been outstanding. Um, Isaiah Rolfsborn has been a, a great buy, really. I mean, his Nelson experience is massive. It's needed with the Chambers injury. Mm. Absolutely needed. Liam Kinsella, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic when he stepped in model professional he is but you need some this is a young team and in the middle of the park Dobson's 20 years old he's wearing the armband um, but he needs some experience next to him I think mm. um, and then as mentioned earlier we've got Joe Edwards to come back um, as well in central midfield towards the end of the season who will be in oh, it's difficult to say with Joe if he'll be defensive or attacking so he can do a bit of everything there's but, a thing Keith actually asked his follow up question was would a fit Joe Edwards get a place in the team at the moment um, that's a very 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 good question uh, Chambers, not the end of the road, but I think he will be a useful player for the last 20 minutes of games. If Walsall can be a, carry on as they are, clinical, be 2-0 up, 20 minutes to go, bring on Adam Chambers, that would be fantastic. Joe Edwards, wow, it's between it's between Joe Edwards and Isaiah Osborne now, isn't it? It's a tough call, um, that. And it's a tough call, that. Um, but maybe Joe, yeah. You reckon? Just at a push, I think Joe. Um, that's real tough Osborne's been fantastic um, but I think Joe yeah a push I mean he was player of the season last year and he was fantastic and he gives you his all every week and he started to chip in with the old goal last season as well so Joe a push but good, good to have Osborne back though yeah fantastic fantastic another like deadline that was actual deadline day arrival um, and I think it's I think um, for him it's massive I think he needs to he needs to settle he's had he's been been around the block a little bit, um, Isaiah Osborne, and he's obviously everyone knows he came through the ranks at Villiers from the area. Mm. Um, he's got four children, I believe. Um, he needs to be in the West Midlands. That's the truth of it. He needs to be in the area. It's yeah. Similar as Elias Mal actually, who lives in Wolverhampton. Um, it's so beneficial to Isaiah Osborne not to be driving to Forest Green Rovers for training every day. I mean, yeah. it's an awful long way to go. It's, it's tiring. It's exhausting. He's not spending time with his kids. So much better for him to be at home near the training ground more energy refreshed and can give us all for Walsall so yeah I think he's a, he's a shrewd addition Isaiah mm. Osborne would be a good way of putting it yeah and some fascinating quotes from him earlier this year as well regarding some of the stuff um, about him but it's good to see him back and doing well for Walsall because there was a point when you thought after he left you know where's he going to end up you know but he's he's done well it's a good, good little signing right let's look back at the summer quite quickly I mean we're running on a little bit 46 minutes we've been going oh I can't stop talking can I that's the problem we can't help get it. me going on Walsall I just don't shut up no no it's good mate. my it's wife good has to part with every night oh well hopefully this can uh, ease her worries if, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, talking you all out unless yeah. she wants to tune in then feel free um, no let's talk about the summer real quick um, things didn't really seem rosy at one point and Corey Roberts is a big big blow isn't it Especially, not just for Walsall in terms of progression, but him as a player. You don't, you, you don't want to see people get them kind of injuries. No, it's an absolute horror show, really. I mean, he was young player of the season last year. I mean, that's the basis to start this from. I mean, he was, he was fantastic. He's, he's, an, he's got it all, really, Corey. Um, pro, could probably bulk up a little bit. Um, but what, what promising, promising, promising player he is. Lovely lad as well. Um, and I think... This was a big year for him. Um, yeah. I think the plan was from something quote from Saint Keats said last season. I think the plan was for him to be third or fourth choice centre back, 
yeah. and first reserve right back. I think that was probably the plan. So you'd imagine if that is the case, he's looking at a good 20, 25 games this season. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was, he was injured against Stoke, and he was exceptional in that game. Um, up against some very, very good players: Benikafobi, yeah. Bojan. Um, Premier League, essentially Premier League essentially players. Premier League players yeah I mean they're struggling in the championship at the minute but they are players with, with a real good pedigree and, yep. and Roberts matched them that day he was absolutely fantastic what was really cruel was I think he was the only outfield player who was getting 90 minutes that day I think Liam yeah. Roberts stayed between the posts all afternoon if, I'm, if my memory serves me right but Keats made like nine changes in like the 60th minute or something I can remember Corey Roberts and Liam Roberts talking on the pitch because everyone else was being subbed on or subbed off Yeah. Um, and then yeah right before the end um, Sweeney wasn't it Ryan Sweeney is that his yeah. name yeah um, yeah it's nothing it's an absolute he hasn't meant to no be malice in there's it no malice whatsoever. in it whatsoever and like I said earlier that with injuries they're the ones that you can't prevent um, it's going to be a long road back for him but He's got a lot of support around him. Walsall are rallying around him, and fingers crossed. I mean, I'm still nowhere near knowing the timeline for when he'll be back, but hopefully, hopefully, it'll be for next season. You'd like to think, but yeah, and fingers crossed, it just hasn't harmed him in terms of his development because it is going to stunt his development regardless. If you take a year out at his age, it's going to. Yeah, but you just got to hope that it's not one where. He, he struggles to recover from it. Yeah, I don't think he will. I think a lot of people say clean breaks and things like that are, are the sort of best injuries to have on. If you're going to do yeah. it like that, they, they do recover. You do heal quite well. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed. Yeah, he will. He, he'll make. Well, he will make a full recovery. I'm sure about that. And then, yeah, I suppose it'll just be a case of time then, and like building his confidence and easing him back in gradually. Um, so yeah, we'll see how, see how that progresses. But I'm sure he's still got a really bright future in the game because he is a talent. Yeah, all the best, uh, Corey. If you are listening, uh, hope so. Hope 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 we yeah, get some of the nice, players. Yeah, that'll be nice. got a player listening. Yeah. So uh, plenty of movement in and out. I mean, Arnold Tuma, the big the big name to leave, is one which everyone kind of saw coming. Are you surprised to see Walter doing so well without him because he was such an influential player? Um, am I surprised? Well, I'm surprised to see him doing so well for stop. Really, I don't think anyone predicted this start, but I think um, I don't. Look, Austin uh, was fantastic. He basically kept Walsall in League One for two years of his goals and assists. It did feel at a time like if Walsall were going to score, either Erhem was going to get it or he was going to create it. Really, yeah. I mean, he was that. He was that influential, but I don't think he suits Keats' system. Yeah. Um, Whitney tried him as a striker. Um, in a two, and he did well. He did okay, but I, for me, he's not a striker. Um, he's not a central midfielder. He's not a wide man. He's he's a number ten. Yeah. Um, and I think from what I've seen in Bolton the last couple of games, they're playing four two three one with Ozuma as a ten. Um, that is his position. He w- he ability wise was so su- so superior really to anything else in Warsaw squad last season. That he had he basically had to play, um, and he did score the goal that kept them up. Everyone it. We all remember it as George Dobson's goal against Northampton because that, yeah. that basically did do it. But it was Oz Toomer's goal at Bradford that kept them up. That was what clinched it. Yeah. Um, he was by far the biggest goal threat in the squad. Walsall had to play him, really. Um, but I would... I think he moved on and I think him moving on was probably for the best for him and for the team. Yeah. Because um, I don't think Keats needs the problem of trying to shoehorn him in. It would be a problem. And would I rather have... Oz Tuma in the 10 or Cook and Ferrier up front in a two I'd rather have Cook and Ferrier up front in a two mm. so I think 
best of luck to Aaron Ozzuma because he was amazing, amazing uh, for us. But yeah, I think, like I said, it's probably the best for everyone that he's moved on. Yeah, worked out well for all involved. The only thing you can imagine that you would have wanted was a fee, but he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah. So uh, other players gone: Amadou Bakayoko, Cavalier, Flanagan, Mark Gillespie, Simeon Jackson. All of them gone. But Andy Cook, Chris Dunn, Ferrier, Fitzwater, Ginelli, Josh Gordon, Zelly Smell, Osborne, and Wilson all in. Who's been the biggest signing for you? If you had to take your pick right now, who's been the biggest and best signing? Biggest and best? Just one? Yeah, if you could pick one. Oh, da 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 da. I mean, you can give me a top three, but they have to be in order. Have to be in order? Yeah, I want a, I want a number one, a number two, and a number three. If you want to do that, or you can just give me one. Alright, I'm going to go one. Yeah. And it's going to be left field, but not too left field. And I'm going to go Andy Cook. Nice. And it could have been, on performances, it probably should be Morgan Ferrier, because he's been electric. I mean, he's been an absolute joy to watch. And the goal he scored against Gillingham was sensational. But I've, I really like Cook. Yeah. And I like him, for well, for multiple reasons. But I feel he epitomises a bit of a new look Walsall. Yeah. And what I mean by that is there's a bit of nastiness about them. They've got an edge. It's edgy. Yeah, there's edgy nastiness, which I think has been lacking over the years. Mm. And Ferrier's got it too. It's important. Like, and Ferrier, with an example, that penalty against Plymouth on the opening day, um, Andy Cook picked the ball up. Ferrier came over to take it off him. Um, and they, they had a row. They, like, they, Ferrier rocked up 24 hours earlier. He wanted that penalty. Andy Cook, not in a million years, was he giving him that ball. Yeah. Um, there's that they there's that 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 edge to them that hunger to succeed they they want to do it themselves they've got that real desire um, to sort of to, to improve themselves really and I think it, it is a nastiness and you see you see Cook and he's he's charging into players he's he's a battering ram there's no other way to describe it and for years Walsall have needed a battering ram you look at players like James Hansen Charlie Wyke who over the years have caused Salah's all sorts of problems well now now we've got our own in Andy Cook yeah um, and his work rate is absolutely phenomenal um, and I think he's going to score goals he's got two already one a missed penalty which he tapped in and one's gone off his shins and in but I think he's going to get. 15 to 20 goals this season I really do and do you know if, if and it, when, he's never going to have a bad game I mm. don't think because even if he's not performing well he's going to work his socks off and he's going to those whatever centre back he comes up against they're going to know he's in the game mm. um, and just finally on Cook if things aren't going well if, it, if times are a little bit desperate and Walsall have got to clear their lines ping it to the big man and he will win headers he'll flick it on he's, I've seen him hold the, his hold up play has been fantastic he's, he's, he's much better on the ball than people gave him credit for he's not just a target man yeah. um, so I'm so excited by Ferrier and Cook full stop I think they're absolutely fantastic I think they're such an exciting partnership but for me Andy Cook has been my the one that has maybe he'd be my one pick proper, proper striker proper striker proper, proper striker, striker. We'll touch on some of the obviously some of the signings which Dean Keats has brought in. Has this window really put him in a driving seat regarding getting funds in future windows? Because some of the business he's done, he hasn't spent a lot of money. But as you said, they have paid a couple of fees, but he hasn't spent a ton of money. Is is he got a right now to go, you know, to the bigwigs and say, "Look what I've done with the money you've given me. Imagine what I could do with a bit more." Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't think so. I think things aren't going to change at all. So really, but. Mm. 
everyone's got an opinion on Jeff Bonser and the owner. I mean, I sit on the fence and really, it's very difficult to know. But I, I think we'll sort of run in a set. They run the way they run. That, yeah. they that's not going to change now. Uh, it's not. It's not going to change at all. So Keats, but Keats would have been fully aware of that when he took the job in the first place. They're not going to be, become a wash with cash all of a sudden. What? And I, I don't think Walsall fans want them to be like they. They, they want this team to be well run. They want them to post a profit. They want them. They don't want it. I mean, look at teams like Scunthorpe. Some of the, the wages and that they pay, it's bizarre. And mm. eventually, it does catch up with you. It will catch up with you. And maybe that's why Scunthorpe is struggling so much this season. I think it has yeah. potentially caught up with them, but. What Walsall fans want is a fighting chance. And they're not going to be the biggest team in the league. And they're not going to get the biggest gates in the season. So, but you can't, football's moving forward all the time. More money's coming into the game all the time. You cannot sit still. You sit still in football, you'll get relegated. Um, And I think Walsall want, realistically, they want to be able to sign players, good players, and, and pay a fee every now and again if they have to. They've done that this summer. They could have got two free agent strikers in. There's plenty. There's still plenty out there now you could choose from. There's an mm. amazing amount of players that haven't got a club yet. But they haven't. They've gone and got Ferrier. They've had to pay 35 grand to get him. And what a buy. What a buy. I mean, he's he's worth way, way, way more than that. Yeah. Um, and Josh Gordon as well. We've not seen him yet, but a few little impressive cameos. So we'll judge him when he gets a run in the team. But I don't think he's ever going to be a wash with cash or get too much to spend. But just... Just to be able to have a little nest egg to dip into, if possible. That's what I mean. That is the very least he deserves. It's the very least Walsall fans deserve, and that is hopefully now what the hierarchy realise to go forward. Mm. So next up, uh, Walsall. They've got this run of fixtures: Rochdale away, they've got Macclesfield at home in the cup, uh, Blackpool, Burn away in the Czech Trade Trophy, and then Barnsley. Barnsley, for me, probably the biggest name to fear in that run, but is there anyone Walsall are currently afraid of, considering the confidence around the squad? No one afraid of. A little bit Rochdale, just because the record is dreadful. Yeah. They are Walsall's bogey side. It's been... Ah, they just they've had some horror shows against them in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, they just seem to have, have Walsall's number, really. Um, which is bizarre. It's just one of those things in football, isn't it? That happens every now and again. Yeah. Um, 17th in the table, though. I know the se- I know it's a young season, but... Yeah, and I've just... They, I really like their manager, Keith Hill. I think he's done a fantastic job there. He... It, it, it's his second stint there. When he, when he came back, first season won promotion to League One. Yeah. Three top ten finishes in a row after that. And then last season, they survived by the skin of their teeth. They needed to beat Charlton on the final day. Um, they did it. But they got to the last 16 of the FA Cup as well. Um, and they do it by playing good football. I think he's a really good manager. But he's, it, they, they were not happy, Rochdale fans, after the 4-0 loss to Barnsley earlier this week. They haven't taken mm. any points at home this season. They've lost both the home games. Shipped yeah. in four goals in both those games to Peterborough and Barnsley. Away from home, they've done well. They've beaten Burton and yeah. they've drawn at Fleetwood. But... Fans angry on Tuesday night. Um, Keyfield said, if you've got an issue with me, write to the chairman, tell him to sack me. I'm sure he will sack me, um, which to me is amazing because if I was Rochdale, I'd be, I'd want Keyfield to sign sort of like a lifelong contract. I think he's, yeah. like, I think he's made for them. Um, so yeah, it's not a happy camp. Um, and that does play into Walsall's hands because Walsall yeah. is a happy camp. It couldn't be a happier camp. That's what I was going to say. You know, when you've got that kind of atmosphere around the ground and you're going there, it almost works in your favour because the moment, if, if, even if Walsall just have a sustained five ten minutes of pressure, suddenly the fans start. You know, they hostile, get there, yeah, they yeah. turn, they turn. It's one of them, isn't it? Like if they, 
first goals are so important in League One, it's ridiculous. But if yeah. Walsall could get could get that, you would perhaps fancy their heads to drop. But at the same time, they're going to go into this game believing they have to get something, aren't they? They can't get, lose the first three home games of the season. That's going to be really no. really bad start to the season. So you'd imagine Walsall going to meet a Rochdale side that's really fired up on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I mean, but with Ferrier and Cook, anything's, and Ismail, Janelli, Morris, anything's possible. So if Walsall could get an early goal, then maybe, yeah, from that point, the heads would drop. Who do you expect to stand out for Walsall in terms of that one? Do we expect any team changes from Dean Keats or is there anyone you think you know is really going to I mean obviously all of the Walsall squad are, are flying high at the moment but is there anyone you really predict to go out and have a good game um, but it's a bit of an obvious one but I think George Dobson mm. you know, I think the first five games this season has just been ridiculously good um, absolutely ridiculously good he scored that goal against Northampton um, and he's done he's, I mean after scoring a goal like your confidence is going to receive a massive boost yeah. but he's just carried on and carried on and carried on and he's just dominating these games in the middle of the park, but I do think he's probably he he plays brilliantly at home and away. But I do think he's probably more beneficial away from home, yeah. Because he can do because he is such a balanced player because he can break up play because his passing range is good. Um, I think away from home when you have to break when you have to defend when you have to dig in that's a little bit more crucial yeah. than when you're at home. So. Um, yeah, I can see Dobson being a, a, an important figure in the middle of the park. And if he wins the ball, he'll be looking for Ferrier like like he has done the last couple of games. And Walsall could break really well that way. There we go. So, tough game, potentially, for Walsall. What is your match prediction? I am going to go away win, I think. you got a scoreline for me. We like, to, we like to give scorelines in our podcast, Joe. My 2-0. I'm going for 3-0. 3-0 3-0 I think we're going to get a clean sheet I, I I think Walsall will get a clean sheet and I think Rochdale will concede another handful <laughs> oh I don't know no mate we'll see 2-0 so. but I think it would take a point I think a point would be alright Yeah. I think a point would be alright um, but yeah fingers Just crossed be optimistic fingers we're flying. crossed 2-0 yeah and then Walsall for promotion yeah fingers crossed Fingers crossed. Joe, that that about wraps up our first podcast. Oh, I enjoyed it. it was how, how did you find it? Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? How long have we been on air for? One hour and two minutes. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite quite a long one. No. But if you've got any thoughts, any comments, um, feel free to tweet any of us who are involved in this podcast today. Uh, or get in touch with us on a, a by email. It's at walsallpodcastexpressandstar.co.uk. Walsall podcast at expressandstar.co.uk yeah yeah so if you've got any comments and anything like that feel free to get in touch joe thanks for joining us today thanks for having me Uh, and thanks to everyone for listening